Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn over to Genesis chapter 28. And as you're doing that, I want to remind you we've been going through this now for a few weeks. Uh, this is the third, third uh, sermon in this uh, study. But I, I, I shared last week that I had gone to a conference and heard something on family ministry. And I just want to share again a couple of the things from that as a recap uh, from last week's sermon in case you missed it or in case you forgot after the, this week. Um, and this is something that the, the family minister uh, said at, at, a, at another church. He said, our culture is now saturated with a couple of generations of kids who've been so busy in the world that the family's entire life schedule revolves around the kids. And uh, again, it's a little backwards, actually a lot backwards. Um, the, the fact that our kids are determining what we do, where we do it, when we do it, how we do it. And uh, I know it's been that way, but again, that's why I was saying a couple generations now. Uh, parents following kids around and uh, what it's done he said is it created it has created an entitled selfish and a lacking society in so many different ways and that's so true because this this generation's coming up thinking that they don't really have to work it, it's just going to come to them because mom and dad have catered to them uh, society has catered to them and it just kind of is the mindset uh, of so many young adults and even young people and children coming up and, uh, you know, it, the, the problem with this is our society has been so focused on doing, and not just doing, but doing more, and getting, and not just getting, but getting more as well. So, again, it's just this vicious, destructive cycle when it comes to, I think, many things, but um, specifically a devotion and allegiance to uh, Almighty God, you know. Um, and it's, it's again, we, we, we see so many effects today. I'm not going to get into all of that, but what we have been missing in all of this is this. Parents have been putting an emphasis, and even grandparents have been putting an emphasis on what kids will be. I mean, I'm sorry, what they will do and not what they will be. And so this importance has been placed on getting stuff and doing stuff and not necessarily being specifically spiritually who they are supposed to be. And, uh, you know, whatever you do, wherever you go to do it, really make a difference where you're at. That's not so much being uh, taught as important today. Um, but that's what we have. We have a culture now where, where we've focused on, I think, so many wrong things. I agree with what he was saying in many of these things. But this is what we should do as Christians today, raising parents, raising uh, even grandparents, being influencers in uh, grandchildren's life today, we should make sure that we are making a priority of who they are. We should make sure that they understand that's the most important thing is who you are and specifically who you are in Christ because that's what's going to last. What they do will only last a season. Uh, they may be in a job and a career for 40, 50 years, uh, but they will be a Christian if they come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior their entire life and for all of eternity. And so, you know, we, we, we talked about different things, and I know it was a, 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 a sensitive issue maybe in some regards, but this is the, the, the family minister that was doing this uh, shared the percentage of, uh, he, he talked about, we talked about different things, but he said, we're going to talk about athletics because it seems to have such an 
an emphasis even in our culture and in this area specifically. But um, the, the percentage of college athletes who go pro was extremely low. Um, and he was talking about even the high school athletes that would end up going to college and then going from college or into the, the, the professional leagues um, is extremely low versus the percentage of young people who graduate high school as Christians. They'll end their life, 100% of them, as Christians. And so, again, we put so many, I think, wrong focuses. And so we've been turned around. We've bought so many lies about what's truly important. And in the process of buying these lies and thinking what's so important for our kids and grandkids, what we've done is we've hurt our kids and we've hurt our grandkids, much like Rebecca did in our study that we're going through. Many people are doing the same exact thing. Again, we saw that versus doing what we thought was best and right and what our kids might want because that's exactly what Rebecca did. She, she was thinking, man, this is what's best for Jacob. I mean, I'm close to Jacob. Isaac has Esau. You know, I'm just going to work this out for him. This seems to be what's best for him. It's going to work out for me too. And she, again, taught the next generation something very detrimental. Versus what we should be teaching today. And last week, again, we saw we should make sure that our kids and our grandkids never lose sight of God's glory in all of our decisions. That's what we should, that's what we should be desiring more than anything. We, want our, we should be doing this, and we should want our kids and grandkids to make sure they never lose sight of God getting the glory in all our decisions. And then the second point we saw last week was to pursue what's pleasing to God over what's pleasing to man because that's going to be prevalent in our culture it's in this world we're not of this world but that's what's going to be pushed is do what pleases you do you do you and again that is to the detriment many times of uh, the spiritual condition of this next generation so if you missed that uh, if you forgot about that you can go back and you can listen more uh, on those things but this morning i want to pray and i want to Continue on in this study. We're still looking at the lineage of Joseph. This study that we're going through, if you're visiting with us today, if you're a guest, we want to make sure that you understand what we're doing. So we're going through this study. We're looking at the lineage. We're looking also at the life. And we're also going to look at uh, the future, the, the legacy uh, that he would leave as uh, this example throughout Scripture we have. And so uh, the last couple of weeks we've seen that Joseph's family lineage is really, really messed up. Many people have this, uh, this idea already of who Joseph is. You know, God used him in amazing ways. His legacy is still being talked about 3,700 years later. You know, I mean, it's still being preached in churches uh, around the world. And so, man, a huge impact for God and even the kingdom of God. Uh, and yet we're looking at his family, and his family is an absolute mess. His family, I mean, it's not really something that uh, we can all go around and boast on, you know, or that he could go around and boast on. If we were in his condition, we wouldn't be boasting out about our family. I mean, my, yeah, my, my dad, this is what he and my grandma did, and this is what my, my, my uncle wanted to do, and so my uncle went off and did this, and just a huge mess. It would be a lot easier for Joseph, Joseph to say, I'm of the line of Israel, you know? The Savior would come through me. All the, the pretty and flowery things, right, that we think of. Everything's good, everything's wonderful. Uh, but again, he had a really, really messed up uh, lineage and so let's pray and then we're going to get even further into this father thank you for this time thank you for allowing us to be here again and we thank you for that reckless love you have for us thank you so much for um, a love that we really can't comprehend lord we try to uh, em embrace it and, and let it show through our lives uh, but again we're limited in these fleshly bodies and um, we're just again so thankful for your unfailing love 
your, your grace that you extend to us. And this morning, as we're gathered in your name and as we're uh, focused on your word, I pray that um, we would take full advantage of this. We wouldn't, as, as Brother Jeffrey was praying earlier, we wouldn't miss this opportunity, but we'd redeem this opportunity for your glory and for your kingdom. Help us to, to hear your word this morning, not just hear it, but also heed it. I pray that it would affect our lives in a way that glorifies you. And uh, Lord, set us on, on, on a path, if we're not already on a path, uh, to being even more fruitful and bringing more glory to your name. And pray that you just use me as a vessel. And God, just work in this place today. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, again, Grandma and Dad for Joseph. We're considering Joseph, his life. Grandma and Dad, who is Jacob, they have now stolen from uh, Grandpa and Uncle Esau. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to talk about some things today and try to use, and I've tried to do this along the way, to, to put in, in our modern vocabulary. Because, again, when we think about Bible stories, sometimes we, we miss the reality of things like this. And we're going to talk about this in just a second. Sarah could not have a child at, at, at a certain point. And because Abraham and Sarah got impatient, Sarah says, here, have my servant girl, have my handmaiden. And so Abraham, who God has chosen, who God has said, I'm going to bless your seed, and, and, and your seed is going to be like the, 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 the sand on the seashore. I mean, it's in, in you, all nations will be blessed. I mean, I, I'm going to bless you and use you. And at this point, you know, when, when this happens, when Sarah says, look, just have my handmaiden, Abraham does it. Abraham enters into a sinful sexual relationship with Sarah's servant girl, with a, with a, with a handmaiden. And, and think about this for a second. I mean, how awkward does that become moving forward, right? I mean, there's many people in here that are married. I mean, she, she doesn't leave at this point in time. She hangs around. I mean, and, and she's pregnant. She ends up having a child and Think about how awkward this is for Sarah. Think about how awkward it is for Abraham. It, now, again, this is our mentality today, 2018 uh, America. It, things were different then. It doesn't mean that these things were right then, but things were different then. Um, you know, polygamy, multiple wives was something that, unfortunately, they were into at the time. It wasn't something that necessarily God was okay with. It was something they were into. Um, and so I said necessarily he wasn't okay with it. Um, but this is, this is the relationship, right? So there, here's this child, here's this handmaiden, this is going on. Again, this is a, a messed up, a messed up situation. Um, Jacob comes along, and he's deceiving Esau. He deceives him a couple times at least that we know of. And here, here goes the tumbling and the, the, the snowball effect of all the negative things moving forward. Um, Jacob, in our story, has been sent off to get a wife. He's been sent off to get a wife because uh, his, or he's about, we're about to find out, he, his, his mom didn't want him marrying someone that was foreign from the, from the, Can, uh, the land of Canaan. So this is where we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 28. Esau's wanting to kill his brother Jacob because he's deceived him. And this is what it says in verse 1. Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt uh, shall not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Paden Aram uh, to the house of Bethuel. Thy, uh, thy mother's father, your grandfather's house, and take thee of, uh, a wife thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. So go marry one of your cousins. 
That's what it is, you know. Almighty God bless thee and make thee fruitful, multiply. Here's the blessing coming on Jacob, that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee a blessing of Abraham to, to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram, to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's, and Esau's mother. So, now, uh, let's, let's understand something right now. We, we are Americans in, in, right now from every nation and religion, uh, basically all, all around the world. So we're kind of a, a America's been called a, like a melting pot of all nations and religions and, and, and ethnicities. Our perspective is completely different than the context that we're studying right now. These people that are here in this place that we're studying, completely different. So without a, a right perspective, without a, a, without, without a right context, somebody would assume that this family was full of prejudice. You know, they're, they're prejudiced, prejudice, they are biased. Uh, even God giving his blessing to Abraham, knowing that Abraham would do this, knowing that Isaac would do this, knowing that Jacob would, would do all these wrong things, and still this charge would be given to marry, uh, not marry within this, this, this Canaan land. Uh, well, these people are biased. They're, they're, they're racist. They're, um, uh, again, prejudiced. See, what we're missing in, in, in our culture and society and mindset is this, that nations, tribes, and clans were pretty much all characterized by their religions, by their gods, by, again, what they, what they worship, who they worship. And several parts of the world still are. You can go to some nations right now, and it's absolutely illegal to be something other than the state religion. It's the way it is. So when you think of certain nations, you know they are, this, that's how they're characterized. Abraham and his seed, again, were chosen of God specifically to reveal to the world what God wanted for every nation and what God wanted for every person. That's why God chose him. He said, I'm, in you, all nations shall be blessed. That's what God is wanting to reveal to the whole world through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, Israel, is what his desire is. Even when man messes up, even when Abraham has his, his wife's handmaiden, even when, when Isaac uh, messes up and, 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 and does things wrong and Jacob messes up and does things wrong, he still wants to show us that, that reckless love Without saying, you know what, your sin is condoned. It's, it's okay. Of course, God doesn't think that. God wants a personal relationship with every individual. He wants every nation to exalt his name. And so again, he uses Israel to do that. But what happens? Well, man left to his own devices. Man left to his own self, his own decisions often refuses that personal relationship with God and begins to make gods for ourselves, right? That's exactly what was going on with Israel. We saw that with them. But the truth is this, we are all prone to do that. Even inside of Christianity, we are all prone to not have this intimate relationship with God and to begin, as we see the separation with God, to make gods for ourselves. Little g. The story of Israel would go, and we're not going there, but what we would see uh, as things would go along, um, that Israel would, would have this relationship as a nation with God. God would bless them. God would deliver them. God would do amazing things, and they would be obedient to God. And the next thing you know, there'd be some space, there'd be separation, and then they would turn their backs on God. They would become disobedient. They would become rebellious. 
they would have these, the, the, this, this other idea that they could worship other gods, then correction would come, chastisement would come, repentance would turn, around, turn them around, and again, it would be a cycle that we see in our lives today. But we're all prone to do that. We all do the same thing, even today. That's why faithful daily walking with God is important. That's why faithfully gathering to worship Him is important. From even before the time that Christ came on the scene and instituted the New Testament church in His blood, before all of that, there, were, there was an absolute importance of gathering with God individually and personally. Before Eve came along, guess what God had with Adam? God had a personal relationship with Adam. Guess what Adam had with God? He had a personal relationship with God. When Eve was pulled out of his rib and formed and, and was given to Adam as a helpmeet, guess what they had as a couple? They had a relationship, a personal relationship with God individually and collectively. And as they would begin to populate, guess what God would want from them? In the sacrifices, in the ceremonies, in the, temp in the tabernacle in the wilderness, in the temple in Jerusalem, all of these things were not monuments for men. They weren't even, even things that, that would uh, be suited for man. They were all to worship and to focus on God Almighty. And he wanted his people to gather. That's why there would be courtyards made. That's why there would, be, there, there would be an important time, even going back to the very beginning when he said, look, I want you to set aside a day to worship me, to gather in my name, to rest from all your labors, to be a blessing to other people. And what it looks like today, after Jesus came, died, rose from the dead the third day, what it looks like, it's supposed to look like, is the New Testament church. But again, I think that's where we have messed it all up. See, we're sitting here this, this morning in this room on a Sunday, and I'm up here preaching and speaking, and, but the reality is this, it's not at all about me. I want to give all of us a reality check. It's not even about you. I'm not here to speak something so that you walk away from here to say, man, I, this is great. No, no, no. We should have come this morning to gather and honor our God, our Savior, our Lord. We, we, should, we should have come thinking about how we could be a blessing to other people, how we could minister and serve, to each, other, serve each other. We should have came to, to think, man, this is an opportunity we have throughout all of our busy week and all of our busy lives to focus on our God together. This family, this body, this community, this, 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 this togetherness that, that is so special that we only have because the Spirit of God lives in us individually and the Spirit of God is in us collectively. But so many times we come to church, we gather, when we say church, we come, when I say church, I'm talking about we come to church, like us, the people, not this building, come to church, this building, this church, this building is a gathering place, this building is not a church. We come and we, we have this, this, this opportunity to worship him. And as I said last week, one whole day, the question is this, is it too much? for the people who claim to be the people of God to gather as a family to give thanks, to encourage each other as we worship the God who gave us seven days. 
What about one whole day for him? What about one whole day for him at the first of the week? And what about just an hour or so? Just thrown in the middle of the week for us to gather for the God who gave us all seven. Is it too much? Is it too much? Well, I just don't have time on Sunday. I got this. and I... What about on Monday through Saturday? Well, I've got this. So is it too much for us to say, you know what? No, I'm saying no to everything else and everyone else on this day that, that, that my God has given me, that I have breath, that I have life, that I, that I have family, and, 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 and all these blessings. Is it, is it too much to set everything aside to gather with his people that he's put me together with? And to worship him. And to focus on him. And to set that world and all that, the other stuff that, 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 that weighs on me and stresses me. And to set it all aside and just focus on my God. And focus how I can be a blessing to other people. You know what happens even in ministries? I don't even know if I'm going to get to point one. Because here we go. <laughs> you, know what, you know what happens in ministries? People come and they start to serve in ministry. And they think that serving in ministry becomes about them. What, you, you, you said, uh, what does the word minister mean? It means serve. So what is ministry? Ministry is service. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a way to be serving in the church for the church to glorify God. It's not about you at all. If you're serving in a ministry, it's not about you. Well, I want them to do this, and I don't like this. and I That's not you. You're serving, first of all, to bring glory to God. Second of all, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, you're serving and using the spiritual gifts that God gave you. You didn't earn. God gave you to edify one another. That's what it's about. So when the choir sings or when a Sunday school teacher teaches or when a sound person's working in the back or, or, or when somebody's taking up the offering, it's not about them. It's not, it's, not about, it's not about entertaining. It's not about getting a pat on the back. It's not about any of those things. It's about an opportunity that we have to bring glory to God and to encourage each other, to lift each other up, to strengthen each other. But when we start, start becoming part of something, we start, th we start thinking about us. How's it going to work for me? How's this work for me? How, I don't like this. I don't like that. Look, it's okay to have opinions. But sometimes we need to keep those opinions to ourselves too. That's just the truth. I got lots of opinions, but it doesn't mean I share them all. Why? Because Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Just because I can do something or say something doesn't mean I should. And not, not because maybe I'm wrong, but maybe because it's not beneficial. It's not helpful. I think they need to know this. I'm going to move on. <laughs> the world and its activities take six days from us. I don't know that takes, we give six days to the world. Or to ourselves, right? Because so I don't work, I don't work six days a week, I only work five. So you're wrong, Brother Kyle. Okay, Saturday is yours. We, we give ourselves... Some of the days, and we give, you know, the world, the, the rest of the days. But again, when we consider 
the jobs, the activities, all the things that keep us so busy, we realize that we do that. Why? Because either number one, it entertains us, or number two, we think that it, it puts food on the table and pays the bills, or it's what we want to do, or, or again, whatever the case may be. We do those things for those throughout the rest of the days of, of the week. And sometimes it pours over into the, that, that first day of the week, that Sunday that should be set aside for the Lord. Why? Because the world doesn't regard the Lord. Jesus said that. They hate me first. They're going to hate you. They, they, Jesus came into his own. His own received him not. They sent him to a cross. He said, I'm not of this world. He told his followers, you are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. So we do these things for us. We do these things, things for the world. And the world begins to creep in. Maybe, maybe the gods that we set up in our life begins to creep in. And maybe the God of ourself creeps in. I don't have, you know, I, I'm not a judge and I don't, I don't bash and I don't, I don't, I'm not looking into tearing down other churches, but there are some churches that don't have Sunday evening service. That's, that's between that pastor and that leadership and, and the Lord. But I've said this many times before. The very first church you can turn over there, and don't turn over there now, but you can go home after service and you can look it up, read the first probably five chapters of the book of Acts, and see how often that very first church was together. That was 2,000 years ago. That was right after Jesus rose from the dead. Many of them eyewitnesses of his resurrection. Many of them knowing this is real, this is true. So much so they gave their life for it. They, they, they were martyred because they knew it was 100% true. They saw him dead. They saw him placed in the tomb. They saw him then after the third day living in a completely different body. They knew it was real. And so they, they saw the importance of when he said, look, y'all need to pray together. You need to be in the doctrine. You need to be fellowshipping. You need to be encouraging one, one, one another daily. All those things were important. They said, this is important for us. Not our jobs. Hey, at some point in time, they had to go back to their lives and other nations because that's what the, the, uh, the chapter 2 tells us is that they were gathered on the day of Pentecost from every nation. At some point in time, they had to go back. Now, 2,000 years later, it seems like the church is doing everything it can do except for meet together. They, were, they, they couldn't stop meeting together. They had to be pulled back to their, their respective nations because they, they saw the importance of that togetherness and that praying and, and all those things. And, and now it's, man, can we, just get a, can we just get a quicker service on Sunday morning than just wipe everything else out because we got busy lives. Uh, on, that's honestly what has happened today. Where are the followers of Christ? Where are the people of God? When it's time to honor Him. When it's time to gather in His name. And we will, we will, we will set birthday parties and we'll have them. 
We'll set dinners, and we'll have them. We'll set weddings and, and all those things, and we'll make sure and, and do those things and honor, honor the, the person whose birthday it is and honor uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the couple who's getting married. We'll do all those things when it comes to honoring the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Say, yeah, but it's every week. Man. I'm just thinking one day out of seven is not a lot to ask. And I'm, I'm preaching, you, you all are here on a Sunday morning, I'm saying, you're here on Sunday. But I'm saying there's, there's something wrong with, with the mentality today. God who gives us all good things, is he not worth us gathering an entire day for his sake? To tell the world even our selfish desires, not today. Today's God's. Again, as I said last week, I know the spiritualization, every day is God's, but we don't live like that. And we don't go in and tell our, our, our job that, right? Today I'm going to focus on prayer and, 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 and doctrine and fellowship with other believers here at my job. I don't know how much work I'm going to get done. You know, how long does that last, you know? We don't do that. I'm talking about a day we set aside where it's all God's. So again, the charge for Jacob's wife-to-be wasn't a bigoted, getting back into this, it wasn't a bigoted, it wasn't a, 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 a racist thing. They weren't doing anything like that. It, wasn't, it, was, it was simply this. It was based off an allegiance to God and the refusal to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because here's the truth, and this is getting to our point one, we're probably going to have to close after point one. Here's the truth. The reason why they said don't marry inside Canaan, go marry inside the true line don't, because it had to do with religion. It had to do with the re relationship with God. It had to do with God, what God had ordained and what God said don't do. Esau, at this point, has already messed it up. If you go back a couple chapters, I think to chapter 25, you'll find out when he was 40 years old, he already married a Hittite women. He had already done the wrong thing Esau had. Jacob had the opportunity to do what's right or do what's wrong. So he's going to go and he's going to marry inside the line. Again, to, because it's about a relationship. It's about staying true to God. It's about not being unequally yoked because why? Why is this so important? Because it's easily easier to be pulled down and away than it is to pull up. It's a law that's even revealed in nature, right? I almost did it. I just didn't know how to do it and I didn't have time to make it. But I almost did uh, a pull-up bar. And I almost had some volunteers come up because I wasn't going to do it. But uh, because here's, here's what the truth would be. If I had that, let's go ahead and picture it in your mind. Here we go. We got up here, and I'm calling for volunteers. And, and after, after we do one or two pull-ups, I ask you a question. Was it easier to pull up or was it easier to let down? Well, I know some people would be smart on so well, it depends on how slow you let down. <laughs> I'm talking about the law. Is it easier to pull up or to let it go down? The answer, of course, the law is gravity is easier to, to, to rely on, right? That's why we, we, we use gravity sometimes to our advantage. And so that is the easier way is to be pulled down. But here's the truth. That's the truth spiritually speaking too. 
And that's point number one. We must guard, we have to be wise in our relationships because it's easier to be pulled down than it is to pull up. It's easier to be pulled down than it is to pull up. I've heard people say, well, I, I, I don't do this. Uh, on Sunday, I do this, and, and I go and, and do that. And I, I, um, I just don't know about that. Because it's easier to be pulled down in the influence than it is to pull up an influence. That doesn't mean that we're not to befriend others who are different, have a different belief system to us. It doesn't mean that we're not befriending people who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Of course we do. We're supposed to show the love of God. We're supposed to, 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 to bring people to this knowledge of Jesus Christ. We show love all times. But we're commanded of our Lord to do this with an understanding. In Matthew chapter 5, it says this, You have heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. You've heard this. But look what Jesus said. But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven because he makes the sun rise on the just and the unjust. And sendeth rain on the just and unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. Look, it, it, sinners love their friends. Sinners have a good time with the people that they're close to. But you are different. You have the Spirit of God. You are to, to love all people. You are to show my love to all people, even the people who don't like you, even the people who are ugly to you, even the people that use you and abuse you and, and talk bad about you. Love them still. And you say, how can I do that? You can do it because you have the power of God inside of you. If you try to do it in your own flesh, it's going to wear you plumb out and you can't do it. He goes, and if you salute your brethren only, what, what do you more than others? There's no difference. You do not even the publicans and so the same. And so he says this, be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be mature. Use the, use the resources that God has given you so you can be like the one that you claim to be a part of. But this, this is true as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Look what it says. Be not deceived. Don't think that there's an exception in your life. Don't think there's an exception to anybody else. Don't be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. What does that mean? It means bad company ruins good morals or bad associations. That's why we tell our kids, hey, well, don't, that person's doing this. Don't do that. Hey, this person, don't, you don't need to hang around them. That's, why? Because we, we know Right? We, we see it in other people's lives, right? That, that's the reality. Or we talk to our friend, we talk to our, 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 our cousin, or somebody who just keeps falling in the wrong relationships. And what do we tell them? You're going after the wrong guys. You're going after the wrong girls. You're doing this. You're, you're, we, we can see that in other people's lives, but sometimes we can't see it in our own lives. Bad associations corrupt good morals. So he says, awake to righteousness and sin, sin no more. Some people don't have the knowledge of God, and that's a shame that he, was, he, he, he had to say that to the Corinthians, he said. That's why we're charged in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? There's no connection there. What, hath, what concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he... 
that believeth with an infidel. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father of you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Again, it's easy to go away. It's easy to go down. If you are on your way out of the fellowship of believers, if you're just looking for the, the, the way out, if you're looking for a way to give into your flesh, to pull back on your commitment and your faithfulness to the Lord and to his people, guess what it's easy to do? It's easy to find other people just like you. Uh, you got a problem with me? I'm talking me, the preacher. You got a problem with me? Guess what's going to happen. It's going to be real easy to find somebody else with a problem with me. You got a problem with the music? Guess what you're going to have to find? Another person who's got a problem with the music. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that funny how you, it just happens like that? And I, I hear things like that too. And brother, there's other people that have problems with, with this too. Are they talking to that person about it? Are they praying about it? How do you know that other people have problems about it? Right? That, it's quiet. Wait. <laughs> How do you know that other people have it? Well, the word around, quit gossiping. Don't listen to the word around. I, I really, I think I'm going to start taking some time. I'm going to pull, I, I'm not going to be as committed to church and faithful. Really, I'm going to, Wednesday nights are just really hard. Sunday nights are just hard. Every Sunday is just hard. I mean, they want us to do this and do that. You'll find others. How do I know that? The enemy, the enemy will make sure of that. Because what he's looking to do is do the opposite of what Christ wants to do. Christ wants us to be unified because in our unity, we have strength. So guess what the enemy wants to do? Keep us divided. That's, that's, the, that's the truth in everything, right? Nations, armies, sports teams, name it. Name it where a group of people can be successful divided. Hey, if you know it, don't call it out right now. Tell me afterwards, and I'll admit next Sunday I'm wrong. But, but, and there may be intricacies, and I'm not looking for that. I'm, looking for, I'm talking about where you got team, where you got group, where you, where you, you know, working together for something. That's the key word, together. Again, you'll find it. I forget that it's not all about us. We can really try to over-spiritualize our condition and cover up what really is a narcissistic person, Right? truth is we can be all about ourselves even when we make what we say is our spiritual decisions it's really about us consumers me 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 i i i completely opposite of what jesus would teach and what god would teach throughout the entire bible put others first that's what he would teach that's what jesus would teach jesus would not only teach it but jesus would demonstrate what the whole word of God was about when he came obedient unto death, even the death of the cross.
he would say, you're more important than me. The God of all creation, the creator God, you mean more to me, that reckless love. This principle of putting others first reveals another principle of God. If, if you do, if you put others first, guess what God does? He takes care of you. As well as if we're all putting others first, guess what gets taken care of? We do as well. But again, we're prone to go down. We're prone to go away. We're prone to wonder, as the song says. Prone to wonder. And if we separate from what God has set up, and we start to slide, that our future self would tell our present self it's not worth it. Don't back off. Don't stop going. Don't stop reading. Don't stop praying. Don't do that. See, this is why Jacob was charged with not marrying the Canaanites. The musicians make their way. He was already sliding, though. Remember? I mean, he was deceiving. He was lying. He was stealing. He was doing all these things. He was on this slide, and, and, and now he's being sent off to marry in a right line. But he was sliding. He was sliding away from, from, I mean, at this point in time, we don't see anything in Jacob saying, God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. I've lied to my dad. I've, I've deceived my brother. My life is, is a big lie itself. God, I'm sorry. I'm not committed to you. We don't see that. But we see maybe this, this, this effort to do something right that, that would hopefully compensate what was done wrong. And that's a large mistake as well. We should learn from that. We do something wrong and we go the wrong direction. The answer to that is not to try to do other things right. Yes. But we need to repent of this first. We need to ask forgiveness for this first. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself on that slide. Maybe, maybe you find yourself negotiating because you know what Scripture says and you've been Christian for this long and you've been in church this long and you know how it goes. Well, maybe, maybe that's all the, the, the wrong mindset. Maybe you're not seeing yourself as a member of the body of Christ that's vital for you to be a part of. Maybe you're not thinking about other people. Maybe you're still thinking about yourself and your time. I want to encourage you this morning. Our mindsets are completely wrong for the most part in, a, in the American church in 2018. And the majority of us, should, uh, all of us who are Christian, should have came in this church today thinking, I can't wait to lift up my voice with the rest of the saints. I can't wait to call out to God in prayer. I can't wait to hear what, what, what is in his word today for us all to hear together. Not, not it would be a new revelation for me, that it would be encouraging and unifying for all of us that would be stirring up the remembrance of something maybe I already knew so that we could be together. All of us should have came today thinking, how can I be a blessing to someone else? How, how, how can, I, can, can I see somebody that, that, that seems weighted down and, and, and I'm just going to go lay, lay the, their name before the Lord at the altar. I'm going to pray for them today. I, I, we don't think about it. We think, man, mm, that music, I don't really like that song. I don't know this song. Is this a new song? Uh, why can't we sing this kind of song? Why can't we sing these songs? 
Stop thinking about you. Start thinking about him. Start thinking about others. When we do that, we start moving closer to what Jesus had envisioned for his people. I, I challenge you to do a study of the entire counsel of God's word and prove that wrong. He showed it from the very beginning. It's not about you. But the ironic twist is this. It's all about us. It's all about us. As far as us being here, it's, it's all about him. It's not about us individually, our wants, our desires. I encourage you, man, if you're going down that slide, if you're thinking about not connecting, if you're thinking about, you know, I, I just, I'm here Sunday mornings. Be here every time that we gather. Is it not worth that? So now just trying to guilt me. I'm not. I, that, that's just a logical question. That's just a, that's just a, a relevant question important question concerning our faith. We would ask it in other, other areas of life. We don't treat other areas of our life like that. Do we do our jobs like that? What about our eating like that? The things that we want to do, we don't do that. Let's, let's, let's try to get the right mind. Maybe this morning we'd say, God, I just want to have the right mindset and the heart set towards you, towards your people, towards my whole purpose in this life, towards your church. Because we're missing it. I really believe we're missing it. And the power of God could be demonstrated in this nation through his people, and we need it. But we're missing it. And I think it's a lot to where our heart and our mind is. If you're here today and you're a guest and say, man, I don't know if I want to come back. Look, just know it's a heart to, to, to please the Father. We're coming from a heart to, to want to be pleasing to God and do His will. And I pray that we would all get on board with that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and this reminder. Even in this story as we're going and studying it, we see that uh, there, there are important things in this life and, and you've determined what's important help us to tune into that Lord help us to see that you are the most important thing our relationship with you help us to see what you have set up in this world is the most important your kingdom the church your program your mission and help us be sold out to that Lord help us not be sold out to the world Help us not be sold out to ourselves. Help us not to be sold out to any other gods that we've made for ourselves. God, help us to repent where we need to repent. Help us to press into you. God, we're desperate for you, and I pray you'd move right now. I'm going to praise you for that in Jesus' name.